This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Are you renting your audience or do you own them? If you're tired of paying Google for advertising expense and would rather create an investment that lasts for years, this episode will offer you a new way of thinking about a medium that you already know and love. To explain, Roger Nairn. Roger, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Joel. So uh, <laughs> this is this is really cool because what we're talking about is something that uh, I, I totally believe in this. And you've just got a little different twist than than I've thought about before, and I just love it. So I want you to share. Um, what is uh, what does your agency do? Yeah, so Jar Audio is a podcast production agency. We we make podcasts, only we make them exclusively with brands. Uh, we get hired by some of the world's largest brands, mid-sized brands, to come in and create a podcast for them. So a lot of brands are used to advertising these days on podcasts. This is different. This is actually owning the entire show themselves and producing an incredible piece of content for their audience. So we come in and work on everything from who the audience is, what the strategy is going to be for the show. We develop the concept for what the show is going to be. We then get to work finding the right host, finding the guests, doing all the guest chasing and the, you know, the legal side of things, and then and then the full production. So recording, editing, music, sound effects, you know, all the fun stuff that goes into a great sounding podcast. All the distribution, making sure that it gets out to all the different podcast channels, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, you know, there's a whole bunch these days. And then one of the most important things is, is marketing the show, making sure that it gets to the right listeners, into the right ears, and it grows. Uh, it's, it's, it's only a successful podcast if it's in the right ears and is, you know, growing. You know, one of the things that... Um this resonates for me for a lot of reasons. One is our show has been going for a lot of years and, 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 and I love the show and and it's, it's awesome. And I, I totally believe in this, but what to me is really unique about your deal um, is I've suggested to many companies to start a, a podcast show. And one of the things, well, how do we get listeners? Mm-hmm. And the irony is if you're a brand and you already have a customer base, uh, you know, and, and, and there are many different facets to that. Uh, then you automatically are going to have an easy time building uh, an audience. So why don't you tell us about some of the ways you've seen companies mm-hmm. build their build their audience, their listener base? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what are what are companies doing? Because that's that's really the one of the there's two parts that are hard about this. That's one of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, when we think about brands versus the everyday sort of amateur podcaster, brands have an advantage because, to your point, they already come with an you know with an existing audience. Now, not all not all brands want to uh, create the podcast for their existing audience. Perhaps it's meant to be used to attract a new audience, but let's pretend that it's you know, it's for their existing clientele, it's for their existing audience. Well, you know, depending on the brand, depending on the category, who you are, what you do. You're going to have, uh, you know, a huge email list. You're going to have a social following. You're going to have your staff. You're going to have your existing clients and their networks. So, from a strategic standpoint, we like to leverage all of that before we get into some of the more organic ways of lifting the podcast. So, you know, if you're a bank, you've got a massive list of clientele that you're emailing on a consistent basis. They've given you permission to email them. They want 
tips and tricks and and added value as a bank, especially as a bank, they don't want they don't want you to just hold their money. They they want more from you. Um, you know, if you're a nonprofit organization, you've got a really great list of volunteers that are clamoring to help out and and be connected to the organization. If you're a retail location, you've probably got a lot of really, you know, evangelist fans that are you know, in love with the brand and want to find ways to connect more with the brand. So, you know, again, it really depends on on who you're speaking with. Uh, but what we do is we really do a, a good audit of what's available, it, what exists, and how can we leverage it. See, one of, one of the things that's really important to uh, point out, just to make sure everybody understands, is if you're uh, a brand, the, the show is not about your brand. The show Correct. is about whatever the people who love your brand also love. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of a way of engaging them, and then the brand is kind of the umbrella that sits above that. So you nailed uh, it, because who because who wants to listen to a thirty minute ad, right? right. No, but, nobody know. does. Exactly. <laughs> totally, yeah. So what we always talk about is creating a great podcast that happens to be brought to you by a brand. So what we think about is what are some of the tangential sort of topics or ideas or stories that a brand could tell that seem like a nice natural brand fit. And then let's tell that to the audience and let's make a show that anybody's going to want to listen to. It just happens to be brought to you by a, a brand. And this is classic branded content. It's, it's you know, high value content that is coming from the source. You know, so for example, one of the shows we've produced in the past is, is called Out Travel the System. It's a podcast made by Expedia. Now you, can, you can't tell me that there's no better brand in the world when it comes to understanding the travel space. I mean, They've got incredible people working there. Plus, they've got all this data, all this experience. Now, what we did was create a show called Out Travel, Out Travel the System that helped listeners hack the online travel space. You know, get the get the most out of their travel experience. So we would tell we would have people on the show from Disneyland uh, telling everybody how to you know get a great Disney experience for under $2,000. Or we had uh, a, a couple who rode their van all around the United States visiting all the national parks. You know, they told their experience. We told, you know, we had some incredible storytelling weaved, weaved in there. Now it just happened to be brought to you by Expedia because that's a nice, that's a nice, uh, nice brand fit. Um, we've also done work with the Royal Bank of Canada, you know, one of the world's largest banks. Uh, or, or we've done work with American Express, one of the world's largest, you know, financial institutions. They know a ton about business. They know a ton about the economy. So our shows are based on sort of the, you know, what's coming next in the economy, but also, you know, how are we going to rethink the world coming out of COVID? On the American Express side, we we talk a lot about small business and what it means to be a small business owner and 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 just offer them a ton of value in, in, in that respect. And it just happens to be brought to you by the brand. So instead of them owning their own show, uh, why wouldn't those companies just seek somebody out that's already doing a great travel show and just become a sponsor and kind of kind mm-hmm. of partner in with them? With, with, like that must be what they think about as the alternative. Yeah, and actually, that that generally is 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 a is a good first step. Um, so we, you know, we're we're definitely proponents of that. But what eventually happens is they feel like they want to, you know, have a say in the content a little bit more. They want to have their content tie in a little bit more seamlessly with their existing brand content. So um, some of these shows, you know, you can cram in, you know, calls to action into an ad, but you know, when you have your own show, you have essentially the platform that comes around it. You've got the opportunity to, you know, uh, uh, make those brand connections within the entire show itself. Um, make those long, you know, make those long, um, uh, you know, so one of the things that, 
one of the advantages of a branded podcast is we get an exceptional, at least with the ones that we produce, we get an exceptional long listen length. So, you know, you can, you can have a 30 second ad or you can have 30 minutes of a connection with a brand per episode. And then, uh, you know, you're building, you know, more brand, a uh, uh, brand affinity. Um, so that, you know, they also see the advantage of taking the podcast breaking it up, using it as additional pieces of content, whether we're putting it on YouTube or we're putting it in other channels. So there's just a lot more flexibility and a lot more ownership of the entire system and, and everything that comes with it. What are, what are the typical, uh, some of the details? Are, they, are these weekly shows? Or are, they, are they typically, are they some of them daily shows? I mean, what, what do you, and how long are the shows? I mean, what, what are some of the specifics? Yeah, and so it, it just like any good marketer, my my answer is it it depends. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we've done weekly shows, we've done bi-weekly shows, we've done monthly shows. Now, none of those are wrong, and all of them are right. It very much depends on on the brand and and what's you know. I will say that um, if you have a serialized podcast, having you know a, a month in between episodes, we do see a dip in audience because you know people get busy, they start cleaning out their phones, they start looking for other shows. We get a little bit more, you know, we we get a little bit more traction and and keep that audience when we go to a biweekly, and then a weekly is 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 ideal is 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 ideal. It's it's a lot more production and it's a lot more hectic from from you know from a production standpoint. But that's our job. Um, so it really depends now. Same thing with the listen length. I mean, we've seen success with a 45-minute episode. We've seen success with a 30-minute. We've seen success with a 10-minute. Again, it kind of depends on what the show is for. Is it meant to be a little snapshot of like tips and tricks and value? Or is it meant to be a story that you really want to kind of sit down and, and enjoy over a period of time? Um, we've designed shows to be uh, for very busy, you know, uh, chief information officers, and we expect them to listen to it as they're commuting to work. So, you know, we're we're in that kind of 20, 20 to forty minute pocket, but it's very specifically meant for for that sort of experience. So, again, that's where we come in is 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 determining all those things based on who the audience is, because everything has to come from who the audience is and and what we're looking to accomplish. Can you give us a sense about uh, some of the uh, some of the adaptations, uh, some of the show content that some of these different brands have come up with. In other words, uh, you know, if they're uh, well, I don't want to even give an example. Go ahead. Just do you have any examples that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, we just we just did a show with uh, T-Mobile called Mobile Diaries, where um, the two hosts uh, have a lot of. Um, questions and 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 but also knowledge around the idea of sort of of mobile mindfulness they're curious about how you know mobile phones are impacting us on a personal level societal level but also mental health level so we treat the show as as sort of a, a, a curious push into that space and so we interview um uh, we you know we interviewed pe- people that have had different experiences whether it's through you know, online mobile dating, uh, or it's through, you know, the, um, the digital nomad experience of sort of traveling the world and working wherever you, you find a seat sort of thing. So, you know, we've taken that as a, as sort of like a, a sociological experiment that happens to be created by T-Mobile, which is a nice brand fit, but also I think it's really great to see a brand perhaps look into some of the more questionable or I don't want to say dark places, but like, you know, we all have questions about how, 
mobile phones are going to impact us. And, 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 you know, that happens to be a company that specializes in that as well. So I, I think, I think there's a real opportunity for brands to, um, you know, open up the dialogue to have some tougher conversations through podcasts. You know, we've done shows like, um, Oh, I'm trying to think there's been so many of them. Uh, we've done well, shows let me like, ask, let me ask you something about the T-Mobile one, because that's mm-hmm. really, uh, I, I really like that example. Uh, do they ever bring up anything that's kind of negative or do they always brush the negative aside to be positive and be more promotional? No, no, they definitely are not afraid to, um, not afraid to dig into some of the, you know, some of those, some of those spaces. You know, I think there's a really incredible interview that uh, involves mental health and there's a conversation that touches on suicide and, and like, you know, they're not afraid to, you know, not afraid to, um, to bubble that up to the surface. That's really uh it's really interesting. So in a certain way, uh, the brand has given the podcast the latitude mm-hmm. to explore some things that are maybe a little bit more complex or a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of taboo. Yeah, because I think podcast listeners expect that as well. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think that. I know that podcast listeners expect that. You know, there there is an intimate relationship with a podcast listener, and they do expect you to... I don't want to say cross lines, but they do expect you to explore some areas that are challenging. I mean, you listen to this American life or you listen to the daily, like some of those episodes are deep or they're tough, tough to listen to. And we're big believers that, I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And, and uh, you know, the leadership team at jar believes that one of the things that we're not doing as a society, you know, no matter what country you're in these days is we're not listening to each other. We're not talking to each other and listening to each other enough. And and so we believe that dialogue can actually, um, go a long way to, you know, improve our relationship relationships. And I think podcast is just a fantastic dialogue mechanism because, you know, it isn't just a one-way conversation with a podcast listener. They do reach out to you. They do have those, you know, those, those questions and comments and, and ideas that we, you know, we, we, we always make sure to leave opportunity for that, whether it's an email address that they can reach out to, or, or it's our social channels or it's, you know, uh, um, you know, leaving a review on, on Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever. So we think that, yeah, you're, you're inevitably going to have some of those challenging conversations come up, but I think that's a fantastic thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, to me, uh, you know, when I listen to podcasts, one of the, the reasons that I listen to things that are even, even kind of in a different political place than where I am, I try to listen to them with an open mind and learn and kind of get a new idea, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't always come around, but sometimes I do. And, and you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. what's cool about this is that exactly. it really, it's uh, unlike the news channels. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not news. I mean, it's an mm-hmm. opinion and you have to mm-hmm. separate news from opinion. Totally. But, you know, when you get different perspectives, uh, which is something I think that as a society, we've kind of forgotten how to do right (laughs) yeah i mean we're naturally all in our own bubbles and it's safer when those bubbles you know when the water in our when the water in those bubbles is the temperature we like (laughs) you know what i mean like it's natural um but you know the the all the data shows that podcast listeners love to be entertained they love to learn um and they're willing to invest in great content. And what I mean by invest is like, you know, these days it's tough to expect somebody to sit down for 30, 40 minutes and give their time and give their time to you. So when we think about podcasts versus other mediums, like, you know, radio, for example, radio is a push medium. It's being broad. They call it broadcast for a reason, you know, podcasts um, are 
a poll medium, meaning I want to listen to the show. I want to listen to the show right now. And I want to listen to the show right now in this format. And I'm going to listen to it. I might speed it up. I might slow it down. I might, you know, listen to it with one headphone on. I might listen to it while I'm mowing the grass or taking care of my, you know, my older parents or I'm driving in the car and I just need to escape. Like it's, it's quite unique. Video is also, you know, is, is also an incredible medium. Don't get me wrong, but you know, you can't, you can't watch a video while you're cutting the grass. You can't watch a video while you're on the treadmill. I mean, you could, but you get nauseous. But um, And it's also just um, um, a little less intimate, I think, than an audio podcast. Yeah, it's uh, it's a different thing. So I have a couple, a couple of important questions. As a, uh, as a podcaster myself, mm-hmm. um, I said earlier that there were two things that were hard about doing podcasts. One is building an audience mm-hmm. and brands have that built in. So that, that actually is rather easy for them. But what's hard is making the show interesting and creating content and driving guests and mm-hmm. the whole thing. How are they keeping it fresh? How are they keeping it thought provoking, provocative? How are they doing that yeah. in a way that you know makes the show work over the longer mm. term? Okay. So, I mean, there's two areas. One is, is, you know, you can, you can really lean in on the, excuse me, you can really lean on the relationship you have with your audience and ask them what content do they want to hear? What do you want to learn? What experience do you want to have with our show? And, and I mean, let's pretend like you haven't been doing this for four years and you're just starting out. You can, you can do that before nothing has launched because I mean, as an audience member for a ton of things, I love to hear that they have an idea for a podcast or they're thinking about having a podcast and they want me to be part of the creation process. So ask, just ask. doesn't mean you have to apply every single piece of feedback and do every single thing that the audience says, but you're going to pull some nuggets, nuggets out of that. I think the other thing though is really lean in on putting yourself in the listener's shoes and constantly be asking yourself like is this for me and my company or is this for the listener and 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 i think we all have that little voice in our head that will sometimes tell us that this is not interesting or good or of value and all that sort of stuff and i think just always having that in the back of your mind is is going to be it's going to be helpful now i mean there's th- th- there's other things like you know you know, you you can work with our team, and we we have very talented uh, journalists. We hire journalists. We don't, you know, we don't just hire podcasters. We hire journalists that come from the news world, that come from uh, the media world, but also understand what a compelling story looks like and smells like, and 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 then we map it out together. Like, what would we want the listener to learn or hear or experience? And and then typically those things are tied to. Uh, who those voices could be, you know, and voices could be everything from, uh, uh, you know, a professor at a university who, you know, specializes in that area, or it could be, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the server at a restaurant who might have an interesting story that would be connected to whatever we're talking about or, or, or whatever. And then there's also like tools that we incorporate into finding those guests and, and, and kind of, broadening our search of what's possible uh, when it comes to potential guests and potential story ideas. You know, when, when a company says, sorry, I should also, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I also think that one of the advantages with podcasts is the data that you're able to see as you're, 
as your show is growing and as you're producing your show. So if you try something out, let's say, the data will tell you whether it worked or not. You'll be able to see what the listen length of that episode was, you know, who, you know, who, where those people were from, how long did they listen for, you know, depending on the tool you're using, you'll be able to even see like, was there a drop off at a certain point in an episode? And, and all that is like incredible information, which you can then incorporate into future decision-making. So you're not just doing this blindly and just taking stabs at the dark. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're using that data as, um, as little pieces of evidence uh, to, to, to continue to build your show. Sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 it's, it's, no, it's okay. That's um, I agree with that. I mean, that those metrics and that uh, data is, is incredible when companies uh, agree, you know what, let's give this a try. Are, are they typically thinking six months, 12 months? Are they thinking about five years? What, what are they thinking mm. about? Yeah. So, I mean, part of it comes down to budget. Part of it comes down to um, it. You know, sometimes our shows will tie in with a certain brand event within the company. I mean, a perfect example is we did a an internal podcast for a credit union that was just meant for their staff. It only went to their staff. Now the show tied in with the the their their sort of brand pillars, and they because they had just launched a new brand. So I mean that that show is going to have like a little bit of a shelf life, and it's maybe going to be six episodes. So it's maybe going to be lie you know it's maybe going to be rolling out for for three months some some companies like like Expe- like um expedia or amazon or, or american express they want to look at it from a long runway standpoint so they're looking at it from like a maybe a 12 to 24 episode season we're doing bi-weekly or weekly we're rolling out and then you know readjust you know kind of season to season sort of thing honestly a lot of times the clients don't know whether podcast is right for them yet so from a budget and from like a safe not even safety standpoint but you know like you know just like you're a business owner you you take chances on certain things but you also you know your butts on the line on those decisions you make so sometimes clients will say listen we're only comfortable doing six episodes let's see how it does so we'll just do six episodes and we'll we'll know that going in and we'll be very clear on sort of the expectations on audience size on only six episodes because it's not going to be massive but they'll treat it as like a a little test run. So it, it, it very much as my, as all my answers seem to be, it very much depends. Well, yeah. So let's say that uh, a company says, let's give this a try, you know, three, three months, six months, doesn't matter what it is. Um, number one, it, it's, it's not terribly inexpensive. I mean, mm-hmm. so there, there's some, there's some overhead attached to it. They got to get it set up and then they got to mm-hmm. run it. But aside from that, uh, aside from that, uh, how do they measure their success? What are companies mm-hmm. looking at to say this was a home run? Uh, it's not moving yeah. the needle. How are they figuring that out? Yeah, it's a great question. So you know, again, it very much depends. It, it, it depends on what we're looking to or what they're looking to accomplish. So, is it they want to see a certain size audience and they want to have a certain amount of engagement with that audience? So, you know, let's say they want to see. 4,000 downloads a month, and they want the listen length to be an average of 90%. So meaning, you know, they're mostly listening to all the episode. Um, you know, that could be a measurement for them as, as like, that's a really great either awareness tool or, or a really great piece of branded content for them. Others look at it from the standpoint of what sort of traffic is coming. So 
not to get into the weeds, but there's ways now for us to be able to track who listened to the podcast and then ended up on the website and, and perhaps who made a purchase or who downloaded a white paper or who, you know, went on and, and submitted on the contact page. Like we can now travel and we, we can now track that. So from a conversion standpoint, that's a KPI that a lot of our clients. Well, let, um, let me, let me stop at. you on that because mm-hmm. one of the things we opened, opened the show with was converting expense into investment. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a second. When you go on Google and you buy uh, some AdWords or, you know, you're, you have an ad showing up on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> if you don't capture the person's name, that's an expense and that money's gone burned up in the fire. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if you capture a person, so talk about how that happens in the podcast world and how you convert this expense into an investment that that can generate leads and business for years. Yeah. So the first thing I'll, I'll say is that from a privacy standpoint, we are never able to capture the contact information of any listener unless they um, um, subscribe to something or submit that information to us. Um, so there is a step that that needs to be taken, but you know we can do that through a number of things, whether it's running a contest or asking for feedback or you know adding a piece of added value, you know add, have a bit of an added value. You know, one of our clients at the Royal Bank of Canada does these incredible sort of quarterly white papers on a specific topic. It could be, uh, you know, Aboriginal business owners, or it could be uh, diversity in the workspace or COVID uh, relief. And so sometimes in the episode, we will, usually in the, in the midpoint, we'll have a bit of a call to actions saying like, you know, if you're enjoying today's conversation, visit this website, download this white paper, and then we're collecting, you know, we're collecting that information, uh, there. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's completely doable. Um, so it's something that it's very much considered in, in, in all the strategy that we, that we apply. Do you find that uh, most, uh, most of your companies employ some kind of call to action where they're trying to capture this kind of information from people? Honestly, honestly, Joel, no, not, not, I, I'd say it's kind of 50, 50. I mean, some of them, some of them see it as an opportunity to capture. Some of them see it act as more of just like a, another piece of branded content that's out there that is feeding into the larger sort of brand affinity question. Um, and then some, okay. And then some of them were very much strategic in like, so like with, um, American Express, for example, we did a, a brand lift study, meaning um, we did a study to, deter- to determine of those that uh, listen to the podcast, did they eventually see American Express more favorably? So that's a good example of kind of like, what is the podcast doing for them? And in that case, it's brand lift. It's, it's helping the brand. Um, in the you case know, I, of, it, I would say that most of the listeners of our show who are more medium sized companies, not the fortune 500 ones, the yeah, fortune yeah. 500s are accustomed to investing in their brand. Totally. Uh, many, uh, smaller companies, manufacturers, the middle size, the, the cold, the whole middle world. Uh, those companies don't have the luxury of investing uh, endlessly into their brand. Mm-hmm. So at some point the CEO says, listen, show me the money. I mean, where's the money? You know, how do, right. how are we monetizing uh, this discussion? So I would imagine, uh, you know, to me, the idea of having some kind of call to action is probably a pretty valuable, valuable thing. For sure, yeah. And again, it just it depends. It depends on what that call to action is and whether that call to action is overt or 
uh, uh, a little bit sort of recessed. And I think, you know, great content has shown to um, build audiences and, and, you know, increase relationships, which then leads to uh, a a purchase. You know, we're not always just like any, you know, just like other pieces of content, you you know, you're not always going to be able to measure every step along the way to an eventual purchase. But I would say, Podcasts are more high, you know, top of funnel, but they can be more bottom funnel if they if they need to be. Yeah. Well, listen, you know that I uh, I believe in this for sure. I mean, so <laughs> you know, I just I, I just I want everybody to understand it in a way so that they can believe in it too, because it really sure. uh, it's a powerful mechanism. You know, one of the services that I, I think I heard you say you offer is that you find a host mm-hmm. because you know if somebody's got to find their own host, find their own guests, find their own whatever, and put it all together. It's right. it's a big job. I mean, it's yep. it's a big deal to put together. Uh, you know. You, you may know 20 people and the first 20 guests are not that hard to get, but guest number 21, and then you start scrambling around. And that's why most oh, podcasts only last a, a very small number of episodes. Yeah. 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 Right. No, totally. And, and I think the, the host is, is the conduit into the relationship with the, with the podcast for, you know, for a lot of, uh, for a lot of listeners. So picking the right host is, is key. Now, I'll be honest. A lot of times, uh, clients will come to us and say, "We want the host to be our CEO, or we want the host to be our director of marketing." <laughs> um, you know, we, we typically try to talk them out of that, and and the reason is not, I mean, that the CEO could be very interesting and a great talker, but he's also going to be a little bit almost too close to the brand. And nine times out of ten, it's going to turn into an ad. It, it hasn't, and, and our experience has, has shown that. Um, so what we do is we try to find a host that is is going to be is going to be outside of the organization, um, but isn't kind of out of the blue. I mean, there's 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 got to be a nice sort of brand tie-in. So we always start with what the show concept is first, and then who would be the right voice to sort of act as the Sherpa for the listener throughout that episode. Because that's what that's what a host really does is they're the they're you know they're the voice of the listener. They're asking the question that the listener would want to be asking if they could be in the room with the guest. Um, so it's it's very much important that the host understands how to conduct an interview, how to perhaps tug on a few strings in the interview that you feel like you want to learn more from, you know, typically we'll get into an interview and the host and the guest will say something that's like, Oh, there's something deeper there. Like we got to, I'd love to tug on that a little bit more. Tell me a little bit more about your relationship with your father. You know what I mean? Like there's gotta be a little bit more there and it doesn't mean that we have to use all of it. It's not live, but it's, you know, it's pull, pull that out of them. Sometimes there's you know multiple guests, and so the host needs to understand how to do a bit of a panel style. Maybe there's some, you know, uh, 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 um, alternative uh, opinions on things. It's important to make sure that both sides are being told, and then a, and then a host also needs to you know keep things short, snappy, not drawn too long, not make it too much about themselves. Again, their job is to act on behalf of the listener and ensure that the conversation is going to be fruitful. So we'll sometimes look for professional hosts. You know, there are different services out there where people are available that are, you know, for hire. Um, But then in some cases, you know, we'll reach out to like, you know, like a university professor or somebody who understands the topic and we're pretty confident has a good personality because they see, you know, uh, themselves in front of, 
you know, students all day and, and they represent the school and all that sort of stuff. So it's very much, um, it's very much dependent on what the show is. And, and, uh, and then, and then we just make sure that they're a available and, and B they understand, you know, kind of what we need to accomplish. And then we kind of manage that whole process. Yeah. Well, listen, part of, part of uh, a successful show is being uh, crystal clear on your concept. And you know, our concept is all about the inside track, delivering the inside track, which is the smartest or fastest way to get something done. And you have, uh, absolutely delivered the inside track on on how brands are you know using the podcast medium in a different way than a lot of other companies are so how to get away from advertising and really get more into ownership and so you can own those customers instead of renting them which is mm. kind of what you open the show with and uh, whenever somebody lives up to the promise of our show and delivers the inside track uh then in our book that person's an advantage player and raj you are certainly an advantage player and, and we really appreciate you being on the show and I hope we can count on you to be a friend of the show in the future. Oh, I love this conversation. Thanks so much, Joel. Well, listen, man, thank you for, uh, for being with us. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Autovita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audivita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.